Hey Mark. Hello. How we doing? I'm all right. You all right? Yeah. 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 How are okay? you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I just, uh, just going to ask you a little question if that's okay. <laughs> oh dear. Is this, <laughs> is this the moment where the podcast goes away? <laughs> well, you never know. So there's something you've got into recently that isn't wrestling that I'm finding interesting. I'm interested to know how it sort of manifested itself. <laughs> is this something I'm going to have to edit out of this podcast? <laughs> it's all right. I do the editing, so you're fine. Yeah. It's Downton Abbey. Oh! <laughs> yeah, that, the, the I was new worried thing that. that's coming into our lives. So you've started watching Downton Abbey. Like, how long ago was it now that... I've been watching it like gradually throughout the year, like a a a, 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 at a pace. modest pace, I yeah. should say. Yeah, I'm just in season two now, so it's a fa- took a bit of a rest and started up season two. So now. it just fascinates me a little bit because it's not the sort of thing that you would typically go for, like a, a period drama yes. of that type. There was a time, do you remember, um, quite early on when I made you watch all of the 1990s Pride and Prejudice. Uh, like was, every episode yeah I remember it well yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and obviously you were fine because you were humouring me but it wasn't the sort of thing that you would typically put on for yourself and the Tudors oh yes the Tudors yeah but that was a bit more modern it had Henry Cavill in but this is <laughs> from Natalie the same Dormer. period as, yeah. as the Tudors yeah but I've never seen put it this way you're not someone who watches like Upstairs Downstairs or all of that sort of stuff I mean I tried to get us to watch an episode of Hello Hello last night and you did go along with it for a little bit but I got part way through and I thought yeah maybe we need to stop I would have watched another episode of Hello Hello <laughs> I know but do you know what I mean like it's not the sort of thing that you would typically go towards yes and I've I've just noticed that that like on an evening it started to become really part of our lives that we get to a point where there's you know maybe there's not anything much on or there's like a bit of a gap and then Downton Abbey comes on and it comes on I find it comes on at like nine o'clock at night it's almost like you get to a point where you really need to relax and you stick a bit of Downton Abbey on and it's not that you're doing it when I'm just sat in there you're like going through like when we you put one on the other day and I was like god you've like like really sort I know you're saying you're going at a moderate pace but you've really sorted through quite a few I had to really think about where it was and like cousin Matthew's gonna get married to Lady Lavinia or something like that and I was like she wasn't even in you know the last time I saw so just yeah how, how are you feeling about Downton so can I explain I feel I need to defend myself about why I'm watching Downton Abbey as mentioned previously on the podcast I have a list of films that I need to watch and I assemble that from a number of things like podcast top tens and top box office films of the year. And last year, Downton A New Era was one of the top 20 box office films for the year. So therefore, it goes on the list. But you can't watch it without context. (laughs) So therefore, I have to go through and watch... Downton from the beginning. Mm. I've also got through reasons like um what's that film what's that film with <laughs> with Lovejoy? Um, the 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 uh the TV the, show? Yeah, yeah, but there was also oh. a film that was out a couple of years oh, ago. Oh it's and he's like is he a Deadwood. A, I was about yeah. to say, is he a cowboy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've also got that to watch because that TV movie That's was meant in to be re- uh, yeah. like Rotten Tomatoes, it's films uh-huh. of the year or something like that. Yeah. But the the thing that really it's not just that you're watching it 
because it's on a list because you watch a lot of things that are on your lists that you just kind of watch and, and you don't really mention yeah you are really enjoying this like you get so much pleasure out of Downton Abbey. I can just see it in your... I can feel it, like, in your body language when we're on the sofa. So what is it about Downton Abbey that's really captured your imagination? So I think it is this world that they live in, which is totally separate to anything we we currently live in in the modern world. And, you know, you... I can be a class warrior about this, mm. but the idea of them going off to London for social season, <laughs> I find fascinating, and just leaving the staff behind. Um, and then, so I had no idea what the season was. So then I'm googling like, what is social season? Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, it starts off at Royal Ascot and finishes finishes with the or finish starts with the Lord's Test and finishes with Royal Ascot or whatever it is. <laughs> and then yeah, oh yeah, Sybil, you had a good season. And yes, yeah. You seem to really enjoy the characters and the. I wonder if it's like the soapiness of it as well. Which like you're not someone who watches soaps. I think this is why I find it fascinating that it's it's very droll. There's some brilliant lines and it's very witty. Yes. But the characters are are very largely drawn. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so you know Sybil is like the good looking. Um, modern woman. Yeah. Edith is the put upon, like not as attractive, even though she's a beautiful looking woman. Sister and who will never get a husband, sort of thing. That's how she'd yeah. be. Probably. So those sorts of things are quite largely. Dr- it's just not the sort of thing I see you being typically but sort of drawn to. It's British Mad Men, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like it is set in a period. Like things are going on in the background. So it starts off with the crash in the Titanic. We're then going through the war at the minute when, when I'm watching uh, the First World War, where it's the same with Mad Men, like it starts off at a point and goes through and people... You think like, it's the historical, yeah. sort of the real historical references? Absolutely, yeah. 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 And the best thing about it for me is that you don't know, apart from one big, big thing, big event, you don't know what's going to happen. So for, for some reason, I mean, this is great for, for watching it. Yeah. You've just not picked up on those sort of cultural touch points that Downton has, has produced. Yeah, I know Cousin Matthew should probably take a train. <laughs> but aside from that... Yeah. Um, you don't know about, like, if I went, this is no spot, but you don't know births, deaths and marriages. You just, you don't know anything that's... Not at all. ...that's going to occur apart from one particular, particular yeah. thing. Which is brilliant for me because there's be like some major things that have occurred already that you're like what and i'm like god how have you not like sort of picked that up because other podcasts talk about these things quite a lot in a sort of a, mm. a comedic way as well so yeah i just yeah it's 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 really like i know i'm taking the mick but and it's really nice to see you enjoying something that's quite light as well it's not like a dark dismal you know horrific thing you know the sort of stuff i would watch like the true crime documentaries yes um it's like and it's something i can sort of like pop in and out with as well so like i don't have to watch every episode with you but when we do sit down and watch it i might be tapping away on the laptop and i can sort of join in with the the comedy and you are going to reveal a few things to me just because that's what you always do i have to really try not to though and i think i've done pretty well i think i've done pretty well yeah, but you will do at some point. It's just inevitable. As previously discussed on the podcast, you just cannot help yourself. You subconsciously just... We'll shout a plot yes. line out. Yeah. 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 I think I've, given that I know all the things that are going to happen, I think I've done pretty well so far. Well, well done. Pat, pat me on the back. Thanks yes. very much. Well done. <laughs>
So today's episode, we're going to um, move things around a little bit because typically we would go straight into television. Yeah. And then go into film. But because we're going to do Succession and we're going to do a spoiler section for Succession, we want to stick that at the end of the podcast for anyone who hasn't seen Succession before or doesn't want to listen to the, the spoiler thing. So um, you can stop before the end of the podcast and uh, go on go on your merry way. So we'll do films first. Yeah. Um, and we're going to start with a film that, again, is uh, um, something that I wouldn't have anticipated that you would have gone to. Are you there, Elaine? It's me, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, how many of you were there in your showing of Are You There? Is it, are you there? God, it's me. See, this is the thing, right? This book, when it came up, because obviously it's a, um, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, is yes. a, um, a, a film based on a book that came out many decades ago that was like this, it was meant to be the seminal book for teenage girls, but I never read it and I never really knew what people were, you know, it's one of those things where it just completely passes you by. Yeah. So it's not really meant for... Men in their forties, whatever you say. So right, okay. Let me defend myself. So I, I'd never heard of this book growing up, and I think I probably only know about it because it was once an answer on Pointless. So I'd never heard of this book. Um, never knew of it growing up. Obviously, was not the target audience, having not been, not currently, and probably never will be an eleven-year-old girl. Mm. But. It's, this has had amazing reviews. It was five stars in Empire. Everyone's raving about it. So I had a spare afternoon and thought, I should go see it. I walked into the theatre, a little bit self-conscious about going to see this film. But it probably, was... probably from me going, what are you going to see? Are you yeah. going to see that? Yeah. Isn't that a book about girls? And there was me and one other bloke in the cinema who <laughs> I would estimate to be late 50s, early 60s. Interesting. Proper target that, audience. Isn't that interesting, though, that that's, you know, what the demographic was? But, I mean... And that there were so few people in there. You go see a film on a Tuesday afternoon, uh, like, yeah. you are often with, should we say, the more senior audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait to retire and do that. <laughs> I know, I bet you can't. But, yeah, this is a coming-of-age story. It stars Abby Ryder Fortson, who was the daughter in the first two Iron Man films. Um, playing Margaret, who um, is part of a mixed religion family. Her mother, played by Rachel McAdams, is a Christian. Her father, played by Benny Safady, is Jewish. And they are moving from central Manhattan out to the the suburbs in New Jersey. And her life, it should just show, it's a slice of life showing how she comes to terms with moving in a way, moving away from her friends, moving away from her grandma, who is played by Kathy Bates. Absolute show stealing performance mm, from her. Mm. This is lovely. Mm. It's it. It's not perfect. There is issues with the plot. Like we we spend a lot of time with her at school with her friends, and like we see that visible. Like the idea. It's the most real realization of like groups of friends at school I've ever seen. In terms of sort of the friendships waning or people like picking on each other or. 
What what is it about the friendship? It's the dynamic. It's the oh, um, if you want to be our friend, you need to do this. Right. And yeah. that's exactly how it was with me at school. Mm. Like that was yeah. We had a little gang called I don't even I can't remember what it was. A really random name for a gang, which someone just made up, like the bossy one out of our, out of our group. I'm not the name on the podcast. You might be listening. You know who you are. Um, and yeah, um, it was. It, it's nice. Like you, I think if this is like a boys' film, mm-hmm. one of these friends turns out to be an absolute dickhead, okay, and like it turns out to be a real bullying thing, mm-hmm. but it never becomes that. Like there is. There is people in their class that are a little bit different to mm. them, and it deals with like bodies changing and things like that. Which, as a forty-two-year-old man sitting in a thing with little girls talking about, like eleven-year-old girls mm. talking about getting the periods and wearing bras, mm-hmm. I think it's quite sad that in modern times I have to feel like a little bit self-conscious mm. about that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I do feel self-conscious is probably a good thing about it. Mm. But yeah, um, but yeah, this is lovely. Um, and I think we always say there's such a scarcity of good films for for like young girls mm. like boys are really really like well catered for yeah however if you look at like this you look at um, eighth grade mm-hmm. you look at Booksmart and yeah. you look at Ladybird I mean there's four excellent excellent mm. films that have been released and i just don't think there is an equivalent for young boys yeah. like certainly who might be dealing with a hard time growing up and see finding themselves a bit different from everyone mm. around them um like i say, i think the final act of this kind of forgets everything that's gone through and just kind of i am anticipate it's trying to get a big bit from the book into the film right um and the friendship circle is kind of forgotten about until the end but this is an awesome film like it's absolutely so sweet and if I was an 11 year old girl this would be my favourite film ever um yeah um mm-hmm. I think you would enjoy it yeah, yeah I'm sure it. I would I'm sure I would I think there's the hangover from the book for me because I didn't read the book I, those were not the sort of books that I went to as a child um we had one of our mates around the other day and we were talking about this and I was very much in like the hot point horror from the nineties or all these like these YA horror books. Which I'd never heard which of. Which you'd never heard of, which I still can't understand how that happened. And there was like Sweet Valley High and things like that, which again I didn't go down that route. I went more towards the darker side of side of town. So it just sort of bypassed me and I'm just I was never really into that sort of like friendship group of girls and and growing up and you know that sort of thing just didn't I was never in- a fan of growing me. up yeah. I was just so interested in that as a as books as a teenager so I think that I've got that blockage of well it wasn't a book for me and everyone I think the other thing is <laughs> this is a very personal thing if everyone's going on about it I am less likely to want to go and either read it or see the film um, and you know this from yeah, like TV, TV shows. Let's, 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 let's understand what's going on with your brain now. Yeah, if it's like this massively popular thing, I'll just kind of go, oh well, I'll just miss that out. I want to go for the thing that's a little, a little bit more underground. So I think I've got that sort of blockage as well. I will probably watch it one night when it comes out on, you know, the the streaming services. But it's not something that I would naturally go towards. I've seen some people um, and friends that I know who have got daughters who are teenagers or young young women 
who have watched it together who have said it, it was a lovely experience um, yeah. to do that, which I think that's lovely. I can understand um, that, yeah. So maybe, you know, if that was in my world, then that would be more, I would be more inclined to, to do it. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, I know I'm... <laughs> obviously I've had a bit of a go of you for Downton and now I'm talking about this but I think it's really lovely that you went and sort of appreciated it for, for what it is without all of that you know without taking on board all of that baggage yeah yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. and it, you enjoyed it as well and it was a nice quiet quiet showing for you yeah yeah I mean I think everyone some, must have been away at social season but um, <laughs> yeah we're getting to that time of year the Lord's tests on at the minute so uh, yeah Right, what we're we doing next for something completely different? Do you want to do Fast X? Let's do or, Fast X. Oh, do we have to call it Fast 10? Because that, apparently that's what it's called. Well, yeah, But I'm, so I'm going to call it Fast X just to, you know, like, be different. We don't go Superman I, 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 do we? <laughs> well, I might, I might now. <laughs> or Star Wars If and You Have. Like, <laughs> why do people have so much problems with calling it? I just, because it's Fast X, it just, it's just quicker, isn't it? Fast X. And that's why the put it they've done it like that they they haven't done fast nine as in like whatever it is it's a v one 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 is that nine yeah anyway. no, oh that's eight yes yeah good i'm glad i'm not in charge of the marketing right so anyway fast x vin diesel family we've both seen it which we is have. which is nice we've we've been in cinema so yeah the 10th installment 11th mm-hmm. if you count hobbs and shaw yeah do you count hobbs and shaw I it's do. part of the uh, part of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The 11th installment <laughs> in the Fast franchise. Um, how many of these have you seen? Ooh, now, this is difficult because I don't know what they're all called. <laughs> but I really love the first one. Still don't quite know what that is. Is it The Fast and The Furious? The yes. First one? Okay, I'll just call it But then it kind of moves to Fast and Furious and things like that, doesn't it? Anyway, I've seen the first one. Yeah. I may have seen one of the interimmy ones, like... Fast Four or something like that. I definitely didn't see the one uh, Tokyo Drift. And so I haven't, haven't seen, seen Tokyo that Drift. one. Um, I sh- I've seen a lot more of the later ones, but I couldn't tell you what the numbers are. Mm. Like I'm sure I've seen eight, and I've definitely seen nine because I think we went to see that and talked about it on the podcast. And I'm sure I've seen eight, but six, seven, five. I mean, it just kind of blows into one for me. So this is a villain from a pre- well, who is retrofitted into a previous film. Yes, which is Fast Five, which I have not seen because okay. I did not know anything about this setup in Fast X. Okay, coming back for vengeance mm-hmm. uh, against the family and anyone who's ever spent any time with them. <laughs> yes, sorry, I just love this franchise. What did you think? Uh, giving your oh, review away I just mean, there. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think you have to go into this with the biggest, you know, um, well, let's put it this way. I wouldn't do this because I don't eat in the cinema, but with a big box of popcorn and a massive drink and a smile on your face and you've just got to kind of go with it. And that's what I do with these films. I go in and I. it's not the sort of film where I would worry if someone was sat in front of me with their phone on, even though that would still be annoying. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it's... I'm... I'm going to go in and I'm going to just let it, whatever's going to happen is just going to wash all over me. I'm not going to come out of the film and be thinking about it for weeks on end or being um, really trying to overanalyze it. I'm just going to go in there and it's going to be big and it's going to be boombastic and Vin Diesel's going to be running around trying to do something with his family. People who 
were baddies are now goodies. People who were goodies might have amnesia. You know, it's all of that sort of thing yeah. rolled into one. I thought this was absolutely fine. Right? <laughs> that is my, my review is it was fine. Um, I felt there was a lot of cribbing from other films. There was a massive um, Nolan influence in it and not necessarily in a good good way um the the, the baddie no christopher nolan oh right christopher what do you mean i was just no, trying to get nolan? a joke in what's the no- the, oh, the like nolan. the nolans yeah okay well that felt flat that felt, ass, didn't it? sorry christopher well the, the baddie really reminded me of um and the baddie played by jason momoa dante um the names are also great um really reminded me of um a very very broad takeoff of Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, there were some weird, almost like um, Indiana Jones esque things with a big ball rolling through Rome. It just was like, oh, here's a bit of that for, here's a bit of this, here's a bit of Mission Impossible. Let's shove it all all together. Um, I thought Jason Momoa was having a brilliant time, but I sort of felt the brilliant time he was having. And it jarred a little with the rest of the with so that, the rest of the film. So that's interesting mm. because I think Jason Momoa is getting universal praise mm. for his portrayal as Dante. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated every single thing about his uh, performance. Okay. It felt to me, and the thing that everyone's referencing was the thing I felt of like a 1960s Batman villain, and it yeah, feels like he's yeah, playing yeah. Cesar Romero. Yes, yes. But to me, he also felt like someone who'd scan read the first few chapters of the game. Do you know what I mean oh, by the game? The not ga- the not the game as in Michael Douglas. Douglas. No, <laughs> okay. the mid two thousands um, pickup manual. Oh, the ma- the oh men men going and getting women sort of. Yeah, did yeah. you ever read it? No, no, I mean, come on. But I know I did not read it. I think it became a bit of a cultural phenomenon, mm. and it was, yeah. So if you go in and drop drop the girl, you don't like like a bit of an insult, and uh, like it's <laughs> yeah, it's, really it's horrible, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And yet wear a bit of nail varnish just to just to like. So you show your feminine side. It's like no, it's like a trick, create an attraction to yourself, and things oh, like that. And okay, that's weird. Fuck, like it's yeah. horrific, and. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the entire insult population have mm. come from that. But yeah, um, that's all he was rem- that's all it reminded me of, just okay. these. That's really interesting then, that both of us sort of, uh, you're stronger than me, but you're right, it, there mm. has been universal praise. And everyone's like, oh, he's like saving the franchise and he's such a different villain. And I think that's because villains, typically in a lot of films now, the villains are very vanilla. Yeah. And you just get big baddie, there's not really much to it. Maybe they've got a small bit back backstory, but... You could cut. They're interchangeable. Well, half the time they join the family in the. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because people are saying that as well. That like some of the reviews were saying, "Oh, I'm sure." Like in part two, we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. Um, in part two, he'll switch and he will become part of the family. Well, wonder if he'll have a trans- uh, uh, personality tra- bypass or uh, transplant like John Cena's character has. I know. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, and that does it does frustrate me then. Who in Fast Nine? Like <sighs> we've we've covered that on the podcast. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And we were saying, why have they taken such a charismatic, mm-hmm. like comedy, mm-hmm. like 
yeah, yeah, comedy performance yeah. such as performance such as John Cena, and then just make him this moody. Um, your cats. brother, the, and he doesn't yeah. look like his brother. Oh, right, anyway, and but, now he's like oh, life he's and soul of the party. Yeah, yeah, comedy, yeah. Which he plays for really comedy well. subplot. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. It's um, it's interesting, isn't it? But I really hope that doesn't happen. You've got people coming back from former films to the point where I don't even know if they were in something or not. It's got to the Saw franchise mm-hmm. levels of yeah, this one sure. person who was in the background of um, film four and now comes back mm-hmm. and is a major role. I thought Brie Larson either was underserved or was terrible. Um, I can't quite understand where I fit on that because every time she came on screen, I just it just didn't. It was like... Oh, you know, you have that sort of cringe factor. Yeah. And I didn't know whether it was the words that she was speaking or the fact that I could just see in her face that she was acting <laughs> and acting not in a very uh, naturalistic way. So it might be the whole thing. But you're right. There's some, someone at the end who pops up in a... Um, what's that thing that goes underwater and then pops up with a periscope? Submarine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Someone pops up in a submarine, and I was like, "Oh, that's so and so. Oh, was she in something? Uh, right, okay." And then apparently she's dead, and yeah, and mm. that's this franchise. I still say it's fine, and I still enjoyed my little trip to the cinema to sit in this. I haven't really needed to think about it since then. Trivia question: mm. How many WWE champions have been in the Fast franchise? Oh, so John Cena obviously is, is has been in. Yeah. I cannot think of anyone. Oh, The Rock. The Rock, the Rock was in. The Rock, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other wrestlers that I... It's just Triple H being in. No, no. No, no. no. Um, are we... T- what, women as well? Women, yeah. Um, I can't think of any. I can't think of any. Yeah, Brie Larson like, still awaiting Sasha her. Banks. No. <laughs> like that. Go on then. At four. Okay. So The Rock and John Cena... Roman Reigns was in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, right. They took him to yeah. Samoa and he was heavily featured in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And all the shots from the trailer for that split second he was on it were, are in the film and nothing much else. Mm. And Ronda Rousey was in like... That's who I was trying to find in my brain. Six yeah. or seven or yeah. something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, was, that, that got me going when I... Uh, but yeah, I think this is... They somehow managed to go one up on the action. Mm-hmm. You know, there is bits where cars jump off things and hit things. It just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't yeah. ring true though. Like now, nah, I mean, the space thing. Sorry, did you want, lost me. Did you want legitimate? Uh, yeah, uh, the physics don't. And I mean, I know they say it in the film, and that everyone's got to pull this line, and it's in the trailers of like you know the, against the laws of physics and the laws of. And I just, oh, I just don't believe any of it. I'd like some believability, at least with Mission Impossible. I know Tom Cruise is probably doing the most dangerous thing that anyone's ever done and there's some level of you know sort of like legitimacy to it but this like things were moving in a way that just it just felt so cgi um and i talk about the whole part one part two thing you weren't aware then wasn't aware a lot of people in that and you you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i like i listen to a lot of tv and film podcasts right i read a lot of stuff and it must have just completely bypassed me because it got to the end of the film and then it just stopped. And I was like, A, have I missed something? Or B, <laughs> has something happened with the projection that there's something's like it's jumped in time and now it's just finished? Um, yeah, I was really confused by the act. I think I might have, like, because there's hardly anyone in my show. I think I might have just said, what? 
Like, like to myself. <sighs> so there's going to be another one. There's going to be another one. Because um, it ends in a very odd... I mean... There yeah, are... People are be- meant to be dead that clearly aren't going to be dead. And something so, terrible is about to happen to Vin and it isn't I think happen. the problem is, I think there are people who I have confidence are dead in this. Mm. And there are people who I have com- no confidence in being dead. Yeah, yeah, People are killed off screen, yes. which I'm like, yeah. they're not dead. Straight away. Yeah. There are, but there are people where... I've heard people say, well, other people are going to come back. And I'm not yes. convinced that's the case. I yeah. think there is people... Yeah. Um, but, I mean, God, if they But does it really back, matter? Yeah, and that's the problem now. Does it really matter? I think we might have... I think we... I, I know they're saying this is wrapping it up, but I think we might have reached the end yes. here now. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is the plan, isn't it? That mm. the, there's one more, and then they move on to either yeah. a... Like spin-offs. Yeah, spin-offs and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I think... Mind you, I thought that after Fast 2, well, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, you do think, like, the end... But then... The amount of money that it brings in has it done well in the um it's, in the box office? It's done okay. Okay. Comp- however, that has to be offset against how much money these costs to bring in every actor ever to appear in them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think it's made a lot of money worldwide. It's sort of underperformed in the states, mm-hmm. but uh, like it will it will be in profit by the end of mm-hmm. time as much as a film can ever be in profit. Mm-hmm. Go, go on. <laughs> Do you know what film is something? making a hell of a lot of money? <laughs> yeah, and also... I was about to say, it's a, we've got a real diversity of um, film coverage this week. And also might su- surprise some people in my screening at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Did you ever watch the first Spider-Man? No, right. and I, I, re- I feel um, like I've let myself down because... Everyone has gone on about how brilliant it is. You have, you've totally let and yourself down. I have let myself Hang your head down. in shit. I know. And as a film fan, I do feel that I should really... And I and I really like the superhero films and I like the whole idea of, of, of superheroes and that sort of thing. So it, it does lend itself to me. But for some reason, I just haven't sat down and, and watched it. But I remember you seeing it yes. and coming back and absolutely raving about it. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse being one of the highlights of 2018, which seems a long, long time ago now. a long time ago, actually. That's the story of Miles Morales, who is a comic book Spider-Man, one of the, um, like, a young black Spider-Man, developing powers, and, however, there is problems with the multiverse. So this was kind of the first thing that went into the multiverse that I can think of. Now every fucking film has it. Oh, I know, doesn't it? I know. Yeah. This is the sequel. Bigger, better, Mm -hmm. louder. One of the things about the first film that I remember is that um, it played with different media, let's say, within the animation genre. So... They, my understanding was that things looked very different, and there was. Go on, you. you no, were no, 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 carry on. Carry were, on. Like, I'm trying. I'm finding how to describe. So I was going to shove it over to you, so I can okay. start speaking. But you know, so um, there might be something in black and white in a in a manga style. There yeah. might be something in an old school, um, almost like Scooby Doo sort of sky. It, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that is so. This, if you if we contrast it against. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness where you go to a different multiverse and there was obviously that thing where they went through all the multiverses and it was a split second and there was a thing where everyone was a blob of paint mm-hmm. and there was a thing where I think they went in the background and one was like a comic yeah, book yeah. background yeah 
dinosaurs. This is, yeah, this is an entire film of that. And so we get characters from different multiverses and that re- that's represented in the art that is on screen. So we get Hayley Stansfield plays Gwen Stacy. Hayley Steinfield. Yes, did I not say that? <laughs> I think it said Hayley Stansfield, like Lisa Stansfield. That's her daughter, yeah. <laughs> Hayley, St- Hayley Steinfeld plays Gwen Stacy in a universe where Gwen Stacy becomes Spider-Woman. And her world is represented in very watercolour, um, I'm going to say illusionist, impressionist mm-hmm. kind of backgrounds mm-hmm. and things like that. And the emotions that she has is reflected in sort of how abstract the backgrounds are. So as things get more emotional, the backgrounds get more sort of mixed together and things like that. Whereas in Miles Morales's world, it is a more traditional um, comic book uh, look and everyone's kind of face is kind of it's got those little dots on like a oh, pop yeah, yeah, art yeah, like yeah. like the, the printing of it um there is a punk character that turns up where it's all very paper layered on paper mm-hmm. like a front cover of Nevermind the bollocks for mm-hmm. example a lot of films you know when you work really good and you just look at a shot and you think i could put that on my living room wall yes yeah the thing to say about this film is it is absolutely beautiful and there's probably one of them every two minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an absolutely outstanding achievement in film. Um, added to it, this is this adds emotion. There is a story of a young kid just getting to know himself mm-hmm. and having to deal with his parents. And I think the representation of the relationship between Miles Morales and his parents is done better than we see with, for example, Tom Holland and uh, Aunt May, who is... Oh, um, Marissa Tomei. Re- Marissa Tomei, oh, thank Tomei. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that relationship works better. We also see... This is very much a Gwen Stacy film as well. We spend a lot of time with her at the beginning of the film. We get to... She was a smaller part of... Um, into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse, it's far more, it's almost a joint lead performance. Um, this film continues to be absolutely meta, as it can be. The same way that Multiverse of Madness had that scene where, the you know, uh, Mr. Fantastic pops up and okay, Mr. Yeah, X. Yeah. This has this all the way through. And ingeniously, have you, you've never read, like, comic books, have Haven't, you? Haven't, no. Quite often, because... Of, law of comic books is so mixed up they will put like a little note in the corner of the frame where it's kind of like edited note this happened in issue 472 they do that on screen right um i want to go through this Mm. film like on slow motion because there is so much in the background and just when you see these worlds and there's so many like different spider-men that you just sort of catch a glimpse of like what's that and then oh gone gone um there is a Spider-Man from the 80s cartoon. There is a Spider-Man from, like, the, the modern cartoons. There is, like, yeah, there is so much to see and do. The challenge around this film is the length. And we normally go to the film... We normally go to films on a Saturday mm-hmm. or a Sunday and probably an early performance if yeah. we can. Yeah. And typically, I went to see Guns of the Galaxy. There was about 12 people yeah, in. Yeah, same here. I walked in. It was like the fucking blazing squad had turned up. <laughs> this is playing with yeah. playing for kids, yeah. and the thing was full. I mm. booked my normal seat mm-hmm. early in the back row, yeah. middle, 
walked up, walked up the stairs, yeah. went, nope, walked, yeah. turned around and, and yeah. found a seat at the front and uh-huh. changed my seat on the uh, uh-huh. on the Odeon app, which yeah. uh, was more than welcome. Because yeah. all the kids had like a gallon good bucket of popcorn <laughs> and, and, and a drink. vat of coke. <laughs> and I was like, nope, that's not what I want to do. The problem with this is length. Uh, yeah. It's two hours twenty, and I think that is that felt long to yeah. me. Um, there is a lot to tell, and this is mm. another film where we get an ending that is to be continued. Okay, is, I understand. There's meant to be. Is it meant to be a trilogy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's an Empire Strikes Back ending. Mm, okay, right. And there was what I would estimate to be a six-year-old girl behind me oh, who it was just yeah, too much just for. Too much, yeah. The dad was clearly enjoying the film and wanted to <laughs> stay. But the girl was just like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And yeah, I, that was... I also heard, don't eat that, that's gross. So I don't know what she was doing, but... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the first not, for, not for a six-year-old. No, definitely not. No. Yeah. Yeah. But and this, a long film for kids. Yeah. This is an absolute triumph. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't think I can give it five stars because mm-hmm. it's not a complete film. So mm-hmm. for me, I just I, I feel that this is like one step below it. Because it, it's set, it's a setup. Yeah, it's the, a setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this gives me all the laughs, all the emotions, mm-hmm. all the feels, and is an absolutely stunning portrayal. Um, this is the film that I was hoping Multiverse of Madness would be. Okay. This is the film that things could be. It, mm-hmm. it, it's meta, but it's also meta on meta. So it goes into ways to explain comic book um, tropes and things like that. So it, I I don't want to go into just mm-hmm. go see this. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this to any single person apart from you. <laughs> Why? It's a lot. Is it, oh, is it sensory overload? It's very, yes. Right. I think you would have to watch this at home yeah. in about 20 minute chunks. Yeah. Sounds Because right. there is so much going on on uh-huh. screen um, and it is kind of like mainlining a mm-hmm. um, Red Bull and vodka and probably something yeah. else that you get from <laughs> a man down the, down yeah. the street. Yeah, so that's but, yeah. interesting, isn't it? That there will be certain films that will will appeal to people with neurodiversity and there'll be some that people neurodiverse people will find it difficult to to sort of stomach all in one go yeah um and so I, this might be one of them i think that is the problem mm. it is it, it it's it never stops mm. and as there are moments where it sort of takes time to sort of just ponder on itself mm. and and that's beautiful but the action sequences i mean it, this makes the fast but movies look quite understated. Okay, because <laughs> I can cope with them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Because I will. I will watch the first one again because I'd like to mm. watch the second one with you when it when it comes out because it's one that clearly you want to watch again to catch all the bits and pieces and I like that sort of thing yeah. as well. Sort of finding things. Uh, but I'll watch the first one. And I'll see how it how it feels. Do you think the second one is more overwhelming than the first one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like I said, give yeah. it a go. Yeah, and I, give it. And give I, it I think you chunks. would. I think you would get a lot out of it. Mm. It is just that visual style wow. which is going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right. Shall we move on to television? Yes, let's do that. Watching television. Watching television. You want to start with, let's see if I can get this right, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Yes. Right, good, excellent, I've learned. 
genuinely my favourite sketch comedy of all time. You've talked about this before on the podcast. Remind us what I think you should leave with Tim Robinson is is about. Yeah, so it, well, it's a sketch comedy program, so it's yeah, not about anything that. in particular. <laughs> you said that. It's a number of different comedy sketches. They're all kind of, I guess, mostly based around like social anxiety. The beauty of this is that it plays on comic tropes. So you get a so, for example, one um, one scene this season, there is people are at a party. And loads of people just chatting. And Jason Schwartzman's there and says, talking about his kids. And he's like, oh, God, if, you, if please stop me whenever I am whenever I mention my kids. So Tim Robinson is part of this group. You see him like, go, right, I've got you. <laughs> Funny in itself. Yeah. But then as the sketch goes on, it comes more about how Tim Robinson is distracting people from the, part, from the party. Whenever he hears... Jason Schwartzman mentioned his kids, like creating distractions to stop him from talking about his kids and how he deals with that and how he becomes like the fun person at the party and how he has to deal with like people attaching themselves to him. Literally every single episode makes me laugh out loud, which is standard, but you know, the minimum. Nice, yeah. yeah. And also I think the beauty of these is that they are, they're only 15 minutes long. So um, this came out last week. I've already finished the season. Six episodes, wow. and it's less than like most films because it's only ninety minutes in total. I just watch it like it's so easy, like bite-sized comedy. You can fit it in. I could fit it in when you take Blake upstairs mm-hmm. to go to, to take him to bed, and yeah. then you come down in like hating your life because he won't go <laughs> to sleep. I've already watched it by that yeah, point, so yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go and uh, yeah, puts yeah. you in a good mood. Yeah, um, yeah, this is. It's on Netflix. Uh, there's three seasons there now. I think this is probably the season I identify with least. But then I've not had loads of people using sketches from this season as memes. There's one on a drive-in, and it's brilliant just the way it works. Like, I... I yeah, I... It's, it's one of those things where I think if you... Ex- dis- if you describe what it is, yeah. it then becomes instantly unfunny, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen, like, you've seen Hot Dog Car, haven't you? I have, I mean, yes, yeah. Which has become, yeah. like, an internet meme in yeah. itself of people becoming the problem that they are explaining. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the Haunted House one as well? I think, I, I found, yes, I do remember something like <laughs> you that. You sympathised with Tim Robinson and that, <laughs> which yeah. is going to I think the most, the interesting thing of, sometimes when I catch it is, I do empathise with the characters that are meant to be... Like, when you say there that Jason Schwartzman says, oh, stop me if I mention my kids, I would be that... But, like, instantly my brain would be like, all right, then. And I would want to go up to him and say, you're talking about your kids, and you've said stop. So, like, obviously the, taking it literally. So I find that really funny because I do... Like, I, it resonates with me. What I then don't really necessarily need is for it to escalate and escalate to something that becomes completely wacky. Yes. So I'm not entirely... I mean, you know me in comedy. We're not friends. Yeah. But I'm really glad that you like it and so many people are enjoying it as well. It's got some really good reviews. Yeah, I mean, he was fired from Saturday Night Live for being too weird, apparently. Okay. Like, he was a writer on there. <laughs> I quite like that. And yeah, I like I, I, I like that fact. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. But yeah, it's on Netflix. Like, 15 minutes an episode. Who will be the baby of the year? Like baby just, of the years just, in season one, and it's like it's just a play on awards shows. You're literally now just saying things from the show. Yes, yeah. 
it just hits every single like trope around socials and media and things like that. Um, yeah, coffin drop. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. But, you can't just. But you know exactly what I mean. No, I don't. You've seen I don't. it. I, I can't remember that okay. at all. <laughs> so now you will do after yeah, this. I know. I know. I will. Oh no! I just know you're going to do that. Um, well, for something completely different, should we talk about Silo, which is a new. Let's say, should we call it dystopian, future, sci-fi possibly, drama that has landed on Apple TV? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. That's an interesting yes, yes isn't it? it? Yeah. So um, the background to this is that I heard people on other podcasts talking about it and, and talking about it with real sort of passion and saying it was going to be one of their top uh, TV shows of the year. And I thought, oh, I'll just give it a go because I do, I do like a little bit of like alternative future or dystopian future. You know, I, I do like that concept of what if and things that aren't too far away from our current world. If it's like... <laughs> too far away from our current world. Should no. we just explain the premise well, of this? Well, this is what I'm, I'm getting to. This yeah. is what I'm getting to. So the silo, and I think it's very, you have to be quite careful about it, about how far you go. Um, the basis, the premise of the silo is that, um, and we don't know when, when this is set, but we're presuming it's sometime in the future. We are told also the 10,000 inhabitants of this underground bunker, essentially this silo, are told that they can't go outside because there's something wrong with the atmosphere. So they live in this man-made bunker which has this spiral staircase running all the way through it. It's like a hole has been drilled into the ground and each um, each level is almost like a different culture or subculture or, you know, you've got the mids, you've got the... It's a little bit like, um, like a class system as well. People who work down deep are seen as almost like the, the working class, the people who are up top or having the executive roles. And um, the one thing that we know that you can't do is say that you want to go outside. There is almost like a biblical or a religious book, this, this pact, um, that specifically says if you say you want to go outside, then you are made to go outside. That is it. It's a, it's a death sentence. And they say that um, they hope that the person who's going outside will clean and that's they, by that they mean clean the camera that shows the outdoors because over time when someone hasn't been sent out the camera gets very dirty so they say we hope you will clean you don't have to clean but we hope you'll clean and of course everyone cleans and one of the central mysteries well, well why do why do they clean the camera if they're really angry for example at being given this death sentence i'm going to leave it there because there's so much more to it i think it's one of those shows where you should just go in as quietly and as blindly as you possibly can do to really be taken away with all of the mysteries that that are there i absolutely loved this when i watched the first episode and i was just swept up in it and i wanted to watch the second one and then i just ended up watching three in one day and then i got to a point where i think it was about episode five or something and i was like ready to watch episode six and then realized it wasn't there I then said to you, 
you've got to watch Silo. I th- it's just the acting's brilliant, the premise is brilliant, the world building. Just I had so much to say about how much I loved it. <laughs> you went off and watched an episode and I was like ready for like, oh, well, I'll go back and watch it again because I think I've missed something. And then you turned around to me and went, I won't be watching anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds like me, yeah. I'm really surprised at this because this is prestige television. It's Apple TV. It's got this fantastic... I mean, you believe they're in this... Or at least I do. You might don't do now. But you believe they're in this un- underground world. It's just the acting super... I mean, you've got people like David Ayelowo. You've got um, Rashida Jones. You've got um, Rebecca Ferguson. You, you know, you, not that one. Not that one. And, and like Tim, Tim Robbins... I was going to say Tim Robinson, but yes, and Common, and you know, there's all these people, and they're doing a fantastic job, in my view. Why have you stopped watching this? What, what, what don't you like about it? So, because you clearly don't. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I don't. Um, look, and I will say now, I am in the minority on this one. Everyone is raving over it. Um, don't let me put you off because there are so many people on this that are getting a lot out of it. So. Yeah. However, I went in knowing absolutely nothing other than the name of the show. And I think knowing that Michelle Monaghan was in it. Oh, she, is she? No. Rebecca Ferguson. They're the same person <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to me. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know them people on Mission but Impossible. Mission Impossible, I'm yeah, about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw dystopian sci-fi and uh, my heart sank. Why don't you like dystopian sci-fi or dystopian no, sort no. of fiction? It's... <laughs> No, I've just seen too much of it. Because you've seen The Handmaid's Tale, haven't you? Which yeah. is you could put in into but that. Or no, there's a lot of truth it's... in it. So this is a high concept mm. thing and it just reeks to me of these all these post-lost TV shows mm. that, I, that I got into mm. and been burned by. Revolution, okay. yeah. Flash Forward... Fucking Alcatraz. That one, that, that one, I can't believe the time I wasted on that shite. Um, even Heroes, like Heroes had an amazing first a season. brilliant first season. And then at the point where he flew up in the sky, spoilers mm. for Heroes, but you, yeah, yeah, they spoiled it. It just fell apart. Everything about this just annoyed me. Like I quite enjoyed the first episode um, as a like concept and everything like that, but I hated the world that they were building. Mm. And then I did watch the second episode and I hated the sort of semi-reveal that they did. There is something that is kind of... We see something from a different point of view, shall we say. And I hated that because I thought that's too much too soon and it's just... it's It seems like it's creating mystery for mystery's sake. Okay. The reason I did watch the second episode is because this is showrun by Graham Yost, who... Do you know who he is? Nope. He was a showrunner on Justified. Okay. So right. I, I feel if I could give this a a bit of time, I might find something mm-hmm. in it. But I've just got too much to watch at the okay. minute. Um, this isn't for me. I think it's missing. Like I can see, I I can see how people are enjoying this. Mm-hmm. For me, I, it's fourteen times better and fifteen times shy on yeah. these high concept. Yeah, high concept like TV shows. Yeah, mystery box TV yeah, shows yeah. that I have absolutely I, okay, no I confidence in them pulling off. And mm-hmm. if they do, if they do, yeah. then that's fine. I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, nah, not for me. Okay. I, I don't like. The first episode finishes mm. with kind of like a reveal, mm. but the reveal is kind of like it's the actress that you know. 
like there is this kind of swinging round, and it's it, like I don't think it's well to say it's Rebecca Ferguson's character, mm-hmm. and then it's like kind of like stops there, like almost yes. like it's a cliffhanger. It's yeah. like no, no, we've never seen her before. the The entire thing is she's that woman from Mission Impossible that Marks can get mixed up with his former wife <laughs> some some point in the future. I I think it looks. I, I'm not. I'm not interested by the world. Oh, at you're all. not. Oh, really? No. Like, oh, the different um, the different places, and if you go up different levels, like then it takes a day to walk the whole of the silo. So people have to like stay overnight on certain it, levels on the way down. It or seems to me like so. I mean, it, the expanse, which is mm. something that I've watched recently. I think it does the class system far better okay. uh, than I, than I saw in this. Oh, having only seen two episodes, but yeah, um, because that has sort of Earth being the like the rich, con- and then there's the Belters who are lower class, and I I think the world seemed be- better to me in okay. that. Um, I don't believe a lot of the law that they've painted in the first thing. Um, I don't want to go too far into it, but. No one really knows where this world has come from. Should yeah, we say. yeah. There is no history. There's no recorded history. How, how does how did that happen? And I'm sure well, that will be explained at some that's point. One of, and that's one of the mysteries I really, really enjoy. But it's the mystery that are... I don't buy okay. because you can burn all the history books in the world. Mm. I could burn all the history books in the world now. Yeah. No one would go. Like it wouldn't be. We wake up the next day and go, shit. What happened in 1066? Because I know what happened in 1066, mm-hmm. and I don't. That might be explained, but I, yeah. I, I already get that feeling, like with Alcatraz, mm. like with Revolution, like yeah. with Flash Forwards. Bullshit alerts going off. Okay. And that is why I'm not going to be going forward watching this. It's interesting, this. isn't it? Because I've just sort of parked all of that to one side. And I know where you're, where you're going, because I think if you think about it scientifically, you would be like, oh, yes, well, of course, there would be someone who would maybe have been a child at the time that's now grown up that would have, yeah, it hasn't just started from year zero. And of course, there is some, there must be some kind of history somewhere. Yeah. Although those people might subsequently have died and now we're, you know, we're, we're, we're moving on in the future. Um, I've been able to park all of that and I've really enjoyed all the little sub-mysteries that have come out as well about, you know, we, um, again, not going into any spoilers, but in the first couple of episodes you're introduced to, to various parts of the silo and then in later episodes you get to see other ones that maybe you didn't know existed. You know, so... I'm really enjoying those little reveals and think, oh, well, where did like that come hatches. from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I just do like, I do like that sort of stuff. And I, I feel that I have confidence in this. I really feel that there's been a lot of work done. I think the acting um, and the actors and the people who are involved, I think the writing's really good. It, I'm going to say that it's not like a five-star blow-me-away sort of thing because in some of the middle episodes, so sort of like the four or five, I did find myself sort of losing attention a little bit. Some of the characters aren't as well drawn as others. Um, but the mysteries that they're bringing, it's like every now and again, someone will show you a door and it's like, what's behind that door? And I like stuff like that. So then it sort of brings me along and I go, oh, okay, right. I just kind of want to get to the end. Is it the centre of a maze? There is. <laughs> it's someone's mind. And, uh... There is part of me that just wants to blum and read the Wikipedia entry and find out what the hell's going on. That is, I'm having to really try not to do that. Um, and this is being released weekly. 
so I'm having to really, really hold on to it because this it's based on a book. And, and one of the reasons I was a little bit more interested in this was um, this was based on a self-published book. So someone had um, written it, put it up on Amazon for people to read on their, their Kindles and it had become an overnight sensation. Um, and then my understanding was that when they then signed up with an agent and a publisher, um, they retained the e-publishing rights and, because they were making so much money through, um, you know, the the electronic publishing so that and we've in never been let down was... by anything previously <laughs> self-published books have we 50 shades of gray and but yeah it's, it's clearly a phenomenon i mean there are more of the, of the this isn't just it there are more of the of these books so i i'm really enjoying it it's it's television that i look forward to watching because i'd like a little bit more of the story and if it gets to the end like genuinely if it gets to the end and it's all just like oh bloody hell i will tell you and you know, and I will fall on my sword quite happily and just go, all oh, right then. That it, that was a nice ride and the end. Um, Look, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope it does, but um, I hope it doesn't because I don't want you to waste your time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't feel it's a waste. Of, oh, genuinely, I don't feel it's a waste of time because I I'm enjoying spending time with the people. I'm enjoying the world. So. Yeah, but when you spend time pulling back a car, you want it to kind of <laughs> toy car. You want it to go forwards at the end. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you do. You do. I know. You do. What are we doing next? Are poker we... face. Oh, poker face. Yeah, God, it's really diverse, isn't it? Actually, the long-awaited mm. poker face. Natasha Leone, um, and what's his name? I was just about to say. Knives <laughs> like, out. Adrian Brody. Like, no, not Adrian. Bro- well, yes, Adrian Brody. Oh, but Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. That's it. Brian Johnson. So this is coming together at last. Yeah, this is a murder mystery um, procedural drama. Um, in the style of the old 70s procedurals, in yes. the style of Littlest Hobo and um, Columbo and uh, The Incredible Hulk. The Littlest fucking yeah, Hobo? Yes, it's, it's got that. I'd go Murder She Wrote, but yeah, yeah. Littlest, yeah. littlest Hobo. But, yeah. Like, it's got that real, that graininess to it. Like Skippy, the bush kangaroo. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have, I would have not that one. No, not that one. Not that one. But you know that greeny. Every week they're in, they're they're travelling to a new place Lassie. and they've got to, no not la- like okay. I I wish I hadn't said the little silver now, but you know exactly what I mean. You know exactly. Wouldn't be what the first. I mean. Wouldn't be the first example. Even to the point where when the credits come up, it's in that old style big block lettering, and it's got the um the Roman numerals underneath, yes. as you would have in, like you say, your murder, she wrote, see Columbus, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's a, a loving tribute mm. to those old school... I mean, I've never really watched them, considering how much I love murder mysteries. I've never seen... I've, I've seen one episode of Columbo, <gasps> which has, I think, Donald Sutherland wow. playing like a pair of brothers, so you mm. never know which one's the... Mm. Which, which one's the baddie. Mm-hmm. Um... I've never seen Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. I've never seen... I've never seen Malls. So... Yeah. I've never your, seen... Your murder, your murder mystery knowledge is like... There's a huge gap, isn't there? I've never seen Death in Paradise. <laughs> I've never seen... What's the one that my mum and dad like? Midsummer Murders. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. But I, I do love a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Lion's Out. I love um, Glass Onion. I love... I, so was, just the Ryan Johnson ones. <laughs> yeah. I love See How She Runs. I, I don't um, love it, but I think it was it was passable. Do you ever um, seen any of, like, the Agatha Christie's? Yes, I've seen... Um, Murder on the Orient Express <laughs> and 
Death on the Nile. Yeah, um, yeah. Just oh, the films. And I... Yeah, you never made me watch the, the old TV version. show, yeah. And we watched one year and then there was none. Oh, when yes, that was yeah, a BBC when that was adaptation. on the BBC, yeah. But no, mm. I don't know. Okay. I, I've never seen The Mouse Trap. I've never mm. seen mm-hmm. um, Murder in... Success. No, <laughs> successful. That's a different <laughs> thing. What's the What's the other one that you... The, the trilogy. There's, a, there's like three old school Poirot films that you have on our Sky Plus. Oh, so I have... Um, oh, I know what you're thinking of. So we've got Death on the Nile, yeah. Murder on the Orient Express, and there's one when they're all on holiday and I cannot remember and what it is. I've got Death is. in Paradise in my yeah, head. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, oh, this is going to absolutely drive me mad. It'll come back to it later. I'm sure it'll pop up at some point later in the podcast. Hopefully. Mm. But yeah, this is... Evil the... Under the Sun. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Death in Paradise. <laughs> Evil Under the Sun. Evil Under the Sun. Yeah. Right. So, but this is Natasha Leone. When she starts, she's working in a Las Vegas casino, and she is enlisted by them to help a help them fleece a gambler. Mm, because because the gimmick of her is she can always read when people are lying. Yeah, fascinating. Did you ever watch Psych? As in, let's get ready to run. No, <laughs> watch us wreck the mic. Watch us wreck the mic. Psych. No. Not an Anton Deck Not, reference. No, no. So that is... Psych. I, don't, I can't even think what that would be. Um. So it was a you an American TV show from mid-2000s. And it's about someone who can read someone really well, tell mm. when they're lying. Mm. But he convinces the police that he's a psychic. So right, he can see, he can read body language and yeah, sort of yeah. see that. But convinces them he's a psychic. It's like got, a Darren Brown type of person. Yeah, it's got... A guy who I can't remember in, but the his sidekick is um, Julia Hill, who played um, in the West Wing, Charlie. This is very much the same concept. Um, we've seen the first two episodes of this, and I I'm a huge fan of this. You need to you need, <laughs> nothing to me is I'm not. Just, I'm just letting you go. Yeah. Well, tell me why. So I, I love the setup. I love. I think Natasha Leone is obviously brilliant in this. Um, she brings a real. A real cynical energy to everything she does. Talking from, like, even in the American Pie films, through to Orange is the New Black, to what's the thing that I can't remember the name of? Oh, wait. Russian Doll. Russian Doll. I'm just doing that with my finger, yeah. <laughs> which no one can say. Yeah. No. Um, and obviously she is an MVP. She goes from place to place in this, so for reasons that come clear in the first one, she then moves on to a different town. She gets involved with a new mystery, and I love the just... The fact that she's just passing through town. There's a very bit of Jack Reacher about it. Um, of someone who's just passing through town yeah. and gets involved in someone else's shit. Mm. Um, speaking of fast sticks, mm. the, the connection to Jack Reacher there. Um, but, yeah. Um, I am absolutely addicted to this. I could definitely watch all six ep- all oh, episodes in a day. Uh-huh. Um, I get the feeling you're not as hot on this as I am. I'm not. I, I'm try- I've been trying to work out what it is, but I haven't been... I'm, I'm really enjoying it. When we sit together and watch it, yes. I think this is a very well-made show. Natasha Leone is great. Like I, I do kind of get the sense, though, now that she is playing Natasha Leone, though, so I don't really get the sense that there's a different character. Yes. I, I think we might be in danger of going a little bit one-note. Okay. Um, but anyway, park that to one side. I think it's very they're very intricate. 
they're really enjoyable. I'm really enjoying the cameos um, yes. that are popping up. So you mentioned Adrian Brody. There's loads of others, like Benjamin Bratt's in it. Um, loads, Hong Chow's in the second. So there's going to be absolutely loads as we go through. And I think that's part of the, the beauty of it as well. I think I'm just not very emotionally drawn to it. And I don't know whether that's just because I'm not really getting to know anyone that's involved because it's really just her and then this new cast of characters. I really liked the initial friendship that she has with one of the characters in the in the first episode who um was also in Orange is, is a new black. Yeah. Um that actress whose name I don't know. Um I'm sure you're going to look it up for me now. <laughs> it's been a while since I, I've seen it. Yeah. So, yeah. I um and I really like that friendship, but then that that obviously the plot means that um, that friendship doesn't subsist. So you sort of lose that. Yeah, Dasha Polanka. That's it. Um, she plays Daniara. Yeah, in the, the one who's pregnant early on. Mm, yeah, yeah, in Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. So I think I just haven't really got anything to hang my hat on emotionally at the moment. That's interesting. Because yeah. there is there is an ongoing narrative. There is mm. a, a thread that goes through these episodes, mm. which, I mean, maybe... It just feels yeah. a bit... I think this is what I'm trying... I think it feels a bit cold and a bit clinical. And I suspect that is the case with many of the shows that we've referenced from, like, the 70s. But I suppose we know those characters longer. We know their little ticks, and, you know, who doesn't love Angela Lansbury and Cabot Cove? Um, so I just... <laughs> murder she wrote um I, maybe i just need a little bit more time with it but i haven't felt compelled to watch another you know sometimes when you are doing something i will watch a program behind the scenes very and much so, be yes. very annoying with it i haven't felt like i wanted to do that with this but maybe it's because i want to sit with you and enjoy the mystery yes um with you so I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. I really think it's great. I think everyone, you know, we've been waiting for it. It's really good that it's here. But I wonder whether there was a bit too much build up, mm. and I just haven't been swept away with it the way that I have with with other shows. Because this has been out in the US um, since I think the start of the year. Mm. It was out in January. Oh yeah, we've been waiting for it for ages. Uh, yeah. So... Nobody knew where it was going to land, and yeah. then suddenly it was like, oh right, it's oh, going out. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah, I could watch them all back to back. But yeah, I won't. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see. We'll see. I, I I will definitely finish this. Mm. We'll see whether you do. I guess. Oh, I'm sure I will. If okay. I sit with you and we, if we yeah. watch it together, I absolutely will. Okay. Okay. Succession. Finishing off with a big one. Yes. The end of Succession. Three series, and then the huge. And then a fourth finale. one. And oh then no! The finale. <laughs> I knew you were looking at me funny. Four series <laughs> and a finale. <laughs> Obviously, if ever, I mean, God, I don't have to go through this. Anyone's listened to us rabbiting on about succession over the years. We've absolutely loved succession right from the beginning. Actually, I think we we were quite early adopters, of, and I like to get that in there. I were quite early adopters of, of succession before everyone and their. I would dispute that. I, 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 we do. watched it in the in the gap between season one and season two. Yeah, but. St- but still, we were we were we haven't just come along at the end of you know. So 
I think you talk about succession like mm-hmm. this is something that everyone watches. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. Right, okay. I think this is something that we watch mm-hmm. and a lot of the people who we follow on Twitter and like listen to podcasts about yeah. watch. But I know a lot of people who are like, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, uh, you're absolutely right because... Um, one of our mates came around the other week and we were talking about Succession and they hadn't heard of Succession and mm. I couldn't believe that they hadn't. It was almost like a bit of like, but aren't you listening to the 50,000 podcasts that are out there all of, you know, analysing Succession and reading the Guardian reviews and reading the Reddits? <laughs> like, are you, no, you're not me. That's much better for you. Yes. Um, so... Just, you, just you, to clarify, this. so we've talked about this before. This is the TV show that is kind of aping a family business that is similar to that of the Disneys or the Murdochs, a news empire as parks, a holidays. And the patriarch of the family runs it at the beginning, very much like Mupert Murdoch, shall we call him? (laughs) Um, And finding out who of his four children is going to inherit the business when he inevitably steps down because he is getting on in life. Uh, and that's basically what happens over four seasons. And people are in his favour, people are not. He is a cranky old bastard all the way through. Um, and yeah, I so I think this has been a universally praised finale. Uh, when it finished, you turned around and said, well, that was perfection. Yep. I liked it. I think it stuck the landing. I have issues with it. Okay. Are there issues that you think you can talk about without going into spoilers? Yes, absolutely. Okay. My issue is that this, for too long, descended into farce. Right, you're going to have to explain that. It, there are scenes that is a very, very broad comedy, which I was like, I, I, don't, I don't believe this would happen. I don't... It, it almost seems like something from I Think You Should Leave. And I know that they're there to provide some levity. I don't know, you're looking at me confused, like you can't understand what I'm talking about. No, it's not that. And, and I want you to have your time to like mm. say it. I think my initial reaction, and that's what you're seeing on my face, my initial reaction is that this show has always been um, a dark comedy as well as a drama. So there are all, they've always been scenes of very broad humour. There have always been, you know, a lightness of touch as well as some very, very I'm, I'm very I'm difficult. very I'm very aware of that. Mm. I don't think that this took place it that in this situation I thought this was absolutely out of place with in the show. And it, it, it stuck out like a sore thumb to me. And I think it it would have been a better finale for me without two scenes in particular. Okay. Um, one of which at the very, very end, which takes place in the office, one of which, which takes place in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Just to give you a hint yeah, about yeah. what... Um, yeah, I know yeah. I know where you're going from. I think those, those both of those scenes that you're referring to are incredibly emotionally powerful scenes. And I think they're, in, they're really, really true to those characters and where they are at that point in their life. I don't see them, because I know the scenes that you're talking about, I don't see them as broad comedy. I see them as actually very... Or very sad. I I really have read them as two very very sad moments, and one which is throwing back to a childhood that never never was ha- was never had, and 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 possibly in the end as well. Um, and 
it is really a post-mortem of of the way that a parent can be so toxic that the children act out in a in a particular way okay so i um i i, I will without going into any spoilers i will say my feelings mm-hmm. the feed the king scene did not work for me on any level and i have since found out that that was the last scene that they filmed and it seemed like kids on the end of term to me. And it, that just, it absolutely, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Okay. I wanted it to end. It just seemed like, could we get on and stop? It just looked like people really enjoying themselves on film. Mm. And like, I can still, like, you see kids pissing about on the last day of school. That's yeah. what I would compare okay. it to. And that didn't work for me. And then there is another scene when um, there is a vote and people leave the boardroom and... A, a scene goes on in the out on, on the outside, and it that just did not work for me. Okay. I did I did not believe that that would happen in any way, okay. even with those characters and the baggage they carry. Mm, okay. Um, I loved I loved it I loved it, but compared to mm. everyone else, I'm a bit softer than everyone okay, else. Yeah, on it. yeah. It's, it's really interesting because I've not heard anyone else, even people who you know maybe you know obviously a lot of the places that. Um, I go will be universally positive about it because yeah. it's a show that they're really really invested in and they're, they're interviewing like the people who've written it so they're hardly going to go oh yeah that scene there I really did yeah, not Jesse, believe that you yeah should have, should have had your scissors through that yeah, yeah exactly so, yeah, yeah they're not going to do that and, and and for all the right reasons but yeah I, that is it's really fascinating that you've picked those things because my perspective on it is so so different um and i find it fascinating that you could read it in that way or you would have such a strong reaction to it as well it's not just oh i thought it was great but maybe i just didn't quite you you can see it in your face that you feel very strongly about these particular things that it might just be that i've been told it might just be that i've been told that these aren't comedy moments and i'm wrong for disliking (laughs) them because they're incredibly colorful Um, i'm not saying that you're i'm genuinely i'm not saying that you're, I say I disagree with you because that's not been my, that's not my experience of the show, and I'm sad that you're kind of like not on the same page as me because it would be it would be nice, wouldn't it, for us both to say, oh yeah, we really love these things. No, I think I'm expecting um, podcasting this way, <laughs> but. Uh... But yeah, I'm not. I'm not having a go. I'm not like saying, oh, Mark, you don't like. She all is. I'm. <laughs> all I'm saying is. Um, we are coming at it from very, very different perspectives, I think. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into spoilers? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to do so. Okay, well, for if you're leaving us here, um, and I really would recommend, if you've not seen Succession, turn off the podcast now, but once you've listened to our little outgoing blurb, it should be the same as every week. But, and please just watch it. It's on Sky, or it's all on Sky at the minute, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen Succession at all, like, start from the beginning, work your way through, it's a treat. Orthodox. It will... <laughs> Um, it will drive you mad. There will be times where I mean, I bite my nails anyway, but I find myself like where my nails are like bleeding because I get to the end of an episode and I'm just so ta- like it makes me anxious, but in a really good way. It's yeah. like, you know that sort of level of anxiety where you get to the end and you realise that you've not been breathing for a while, but then you like let go and you're like. <sighs> oh my God, this is just so well written. Like, this is just so well constructed. You can't believe that four series of essentially the same plot could keep you entertained for that. Like, you know, 
it is essentially one thing, as you very well described. Yeah. Old bloke has four kids. Which one's going to take over? Like, it's such a simple premise. And yet, every episode, there's twists, there's movement, there's machinations. It's, you know, full of, like, the godfather types of... There's pairings, then there's splits. And and it's um, and I, I find it just absolutely wonderful. I'm not sure I could go back and watch it all again because it would just be too much. Yes, I do remember. Yes, okay, carry on, Mark. Yes. So, yeah, start from the beginning, work to the end. There you go. So, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we are at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to leave us a rating on Spotify, our podcast now has ratings as well. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, or drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be much appreciated. And we'll see you next time. Bye. So, spoilers for Succession, and I think we might as well say all four series of Succession because we might say something, um, but definitely the finale. Kind of weird if we dropped... It su- would, well, you su- never know. I mean, from someone was two. like, oh, I'm a fan, but you spoil the end. But <laughs> yeah, if you, if you yeah. spoil episode five of season six, there isn't a season six, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they might be under my view. Yeah. I'll be making yeah. up all sorts of seasons. Okay, so you hate the... Um, is it King... I can't even remember what it was, but it's sort of king for a day, or meal, meal for, for a king, king, or meal for drink a king. for a king, or meal whatever. King. Where they put it all in the, um, they put lots of things in the blender, including um, Siobhan's spit, lovely, and then Jeremy Strong drinks it. Like and watching, like watching kids who had too many saddle lollies on a school whole, trip. Like honestly, I'm not having a go, but isn't that the entire point of it? Isn't the point that they're being children for the first time in their lives? They're in their mum's house. Um, they've they've made up they've made this decision this this really difficult decision that no one really wants to make but they've they've anointed him as the king and now they're having the childhood probably that they never had they probably didn't have an opportunity to run around the kitchen and put things in a blender and lick cheese and i just felt that it was it was a real return to childhood which made sense for the characters at the time i know that you don't agree with me I know that, that sounds that's right. that sounds yeah. like a really meaningful mm-hmm. thing I didn't get it. I just saw people being dickheads. Okay. Um, and I, I wish I could have that reaction. Of, uh, yeah. But yeah, I just saw people being annoying on screen. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get on with it. I So okay. it, it, it felt it felt self-indulgent to me. Mm-hmm. The other thing mm-hmm. is the boardroom fight after, yeah. uh, during the verb. Did you? I don't understand how. So explain to me why you didn't believe it. Because I thought again, obviously, I've gone through this. That I thought it was very believable. That she just wanted a moment. Shiv just wanted a moment out of the boat. She might not. She might have not even changed her mind on mm. her vote. She just needed to take a minute, and then you get um, Kendall coming in and just getting at her and getting at her and making her essentially making it easy for her to go. You know what? Um, I love you, but I can't stand you. You know, and all of that coming out. If that, if that was, if that was mm-hmm. where it ended, mm-hmm. it was it the fight. It was the fight, oh, okay. which seemed police just going past. Seemed like something from bottom to me. It it seemed like a farce again. It seemed like a farce, and I, it didn't seem they didn't ring true to me. Okay. I didn't believe that in those circumstances, those people would get into that situation even though the stakes were just so you know that was the highest of the stakes particularly for Kendall it's like this is all he's wanted all his life it's what he's been promised since he was seven and they're about to take it away from him there's no coming back from it now once the once the company is sold he can't get it back it's not like oh someone else is going to be the CEO and he can come into it did you not feel that level of 
obviously he didn't no, feel that no. level of that level of tension no. and the, there was just nowhere else for him to go then but to be physical that's where I where I got it no, it, mm-hmm. it seemed like a misstep to me mm-hmm. um, and I, did, I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy that part of it I just I rolled my eyes mm-hmm. and thought oh, this, I, mm-hmm. this I didn't want this to descend into this mm-hmm. sort of yeah what how did you feel about the the ending for each of the characters um, you know, Roman with his martini um, Shiv Placing her hand on the the king the king's hand and Kendall oh. sitting at the you know how so, do you feel about that? I mean, then? I was I was I'm I'm still to this day concerned for Kendall. Do you know that there was another um there was a there was a, another shot um where Jeremy Strong ran in like ran towards the ocean to chuck himself in and Colin ran after him in all in character yeah. yeah that he just felt that he he had nothing left to it doesn't for. surprise me and I think it's more meaningful to leave it where they did I agree I agree um, yeah I I think the the shot of um Shiv with mm-hmm. Tom mm-hmm. the king Tom yeah yeah was incredibly powerful um, very Godfather-esque, actually. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking about that. And I think that that was absolutely perfect. Mm. And I think the meaning for the meaning behind Roman ordering a martini mm-hmm. and just sitting there with a smile, I think is an absolutely mm. beautiful ending. So mm-hmm. I have absolutely no problem with the three okay. endings. I think it was. Ab- I think I agree that those three endings were absolutely perfection. Mm-hmm. I also agree that. Putting it on Tom is was the best thing for uh, for Did you everyone. Think that that would happen because I had no idea that that's where it was going to go, and people were obviously mooting it because people were saying everything. Mm, yes, we were saying cousin Greg was going to get it, and I was like, I just cannot understand yeah. that. But the way that it was delivered was so clever that yeah. it made it believable yes. that he will be a stooge for Matson. Yeah, absolutely, and. The, the way that I understand it, this is taken from real life where just some middle-ranking person mm. gets put in, over over a woman, yeah. gets put in and they just do the bidding of the other person who's, you know, and, and this is how the corporate ladder works where mm. someone who really isn't, really isn't sort of suited for that job just gets it. I've seen it in know. places I work in. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> look at my LinkedIn history and yeah. work it through. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I've I've seen similar things happen. Yeah, uh, I think we uh, all have in the workplace. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were we were one of the few people who enjoyed the last episode of Line of Duty, mm, which mm-hmm. was very much mm-hmm. um, spoilers for Line of Duty now. But I'm not gonna say it exactly. But there is someone of incompetence shown mm. to be in a massive amount of power, and we discussed on the on this very mm-hmm. podcast. Um, what do we call it? Um, oh, urgent exit required. Urgent exit required. Yeah. Um, and we really, yeah, we said how, we said how that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love the fact that it was Shiv that almost persuaded him in trying mm. to dissuade, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Matson. Matson. Mm. Alexander Skarsgård. Yes, yes. Um, and trying to dissuade him actually yeah. persuaded him yeah. that he was the right person and yeah, you can yeah. see the light switch go in his eyes mm-hmm. um, yep yeah, I, I I, and I think the fact that they I think a, a couple of silly scenes I would look mm-hmm. I would look mm-hmm. I would look mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. on most yeah. most TV shows but I think they nailed everything else so perfect that those two scenes absolutely stood out for me okay um, mm-hmm. and yeah 
Mm-hmm. But it didn't like stop your enjoyment of the show, should no, it? No, 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 absolutely just, not. Just yes. that yours, I think this is my reading of it, that everyone's saying five stars, six stars, give it six stars. Yeah. And you're someone who's coming along and going, actually, yeah. we can These be critical. These things did not work for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. If I would have... T- I would have bitten your hand off for mm. a series finale as good as I took yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel it, it's sort of come to a conclusion as well. I have no um, sense of, like, I want to follow the story on. I just feel like now it's done. Um, and the easiest thing in the world would be to, oh, well, what happens next? And what and just keeping it going. But I think it was a really conclusive ending without being... Without, without doing... It's really difficult to describe, isn't it? Without, like, really cleverly shutting all doors. Like, there's so many things that weren't left open. There's so many characters we didn't see that we've seen for, you know, for many, many episodes. It, it's not a neat ending, is what I'm trying to say. I think everyone got the... I mean, I think Connor also mm. got a... I mean, it was more... It was a very Connor ending. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. However, I did, like... I did enjoy seeing him on the video, like sat around the table with these captains of industry mm, that have mm. been with us all the way through. Yeah, and that are Logan's friends, yes. essentially. Even though he yeah. says, you, you know, to Colin, you're my, you're my best friend. But this is who but we Jerry hangs out with. Jerry is godmother. And Jay, yeah, uh, yeah. And Carl is um, yeah. um, Romans or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And this is who he hangs out with because who else would... And he's got his girlfriend there and he's got mm. his son, his oldest son, yeah. who takes the mick out of him and, you know, designs a little... T- that was very telling, wasn't it? That um, Connor knew that... Um, I'm sorry, Brian Cox. Um, that knew that Logan Roy had bought a mausoleum. Yes. And he knew and no one else knew it. And he was just there at the meal. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, it, yeah. that's where he just hung out with his dad. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting when you think back to what Connor says when his dad dies and he just straight away just went, he never liked me. And it's almost like this this immediate mm. reaction. But, and yet, and then Connor goes off and gets married and so almost like parks it. Yeah. But that makes sense, I suppose, when you think, well, he spent all that time with him and he's sort of come to a, you know, mm. there is no ma- major rift or, you know, there's, uh, there's nothing there like that the other three have had. Yes. Where... You know, they, they maybe haven't spoken to him for a while, or the last thing that they said to him was at, you know, the karaoke bar, that sort of thing. I thought it kind of, I, I couldn't quite get my head around Connor saying, oh, he never liked me. But yeah, it, it it's, a, it's just fascinating that you can go back and think about all these. Like, at no other show would I go back and think, oh, when Connor says this in episode three, I wonder how that relates to when he's standing outside the mausoleum. Like, no way would I do that. I wouldn't be linking those things up at all. I wouldn't be remembering it. Yeah. So it it's so remarkable, the writing, I think. I mean, there are a couple of spin-offs that I'd like to see. Um, <laughs> like? I would like... I mean, I'd like to see Ebba's um, upcoming lawsuit against Matt So. yeah. Um, I, I would quite like to see a remake of Secretary with Roman and Jerry, but in flipped roles. I was a little bit sad that we didn't get to see more of Roman and Jerry. I understand there were other episode, um, not episodes, other scenes that were filmed that didn't make the um, didn't make the cut. Yes, and I do, I do think there perhaps could have been a little bit more of Roman and Jerry. I would have liked to, and I think uh, Jay Smith Cameron's amazing, so I would have liked to have seen a bit more of her. 
And finally, I would like to see, um, was it Jonathan? Um, pitching his business plan around other um, families. Who's Jonathan? He's the f- is he the friend of the mum and Peter? Who, oh yes. yes, sorry. You know why I don't know him because he just he just appears in the last episode for yes. like five minutes. And I mean that actor did really well, didn't he? It was like oh, I'm just gonna be in the finale of Succession. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. Um, yeah. I want to know what his business plan is. I really we never got to find loved- out. Um, Harriet Walter as um, Dame Caroline Collingwood and I love the fact she's a Collingwood because definitely the best show she's here. been in this year <laughs> yeah. um, for those at home Harriet Walter is also in Silo um, doing a really bad American accent actually she's much better at a clipped clipped English um, and then the guy that plays Peter the, the smarmy slimy yeah. owner of the care homes who clearly doesn't give a shit about the, the residents <laughs> I can't remember who he is, but he's he's really really good, and they deserve each other, both of them, and quite comedic as well. The the way that they they go on, yes, and and totally believable as well that she would just be on Peter's side all the time. Oh oh, look at him. Oh look at oh, isn't he wonderful? And and oh, he's like when he's at the funeral, he's very excited. He's got his autograph. <laughs> he's book. got his autograph. Like, and you could totally imagine that sort of. That relationship, it just totally rings true to me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I'm, I, I have problems with the with the finale. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. when you say you have problems with the finale, you you didn't uh, didn't like a couple of scenes. I don't think it's like a major issue, is it? But you know, it's not like a. If what? I was allowed to finish my sentence, that would have been my. <laughs> I had problems with I had problems with it, but yeah, I still think this is one of my top five finales to a TV, uh, and I like a lot of finales that everyone else thinks yeah. is shit. Like, um, I like the I think the lost. There's nothing wrong with the lost episode. No, no, uh, I finale agree. Again. I think I people agree. who misquote misquote mm. that all the time as um, yeah. and don't understand having maybe need to re-see it and understand mm. the context of how yeah. it happened. I like the. Um, How I Met Your Mother finale okay. which everyone else says is awful mm-hmm. the aforementioned uh, Line of Duty finale yeah. we, what we really liked yeah, yeah. Mm. anyway <laughs> any more for any more um, no not no? for me Sam should we say goodbye then? we've already done that so um, okay yes <laughs> end <laughs> no thanks a lot for listening let us know what to watch next because yeah. what's the next we session silo uh, it's not. It's it's really not. I've just put that in. But yeah, what what should we be watching next? I want to make you watch. I think you should leave. I might watch. What well, I'll watch one and see how I get on with it. Pick pick one for me that you think I like. But I'm not watching hours and hours of. But it's not hours and hours. It's fifteen comedy. minutes. Yeah, but you like put it together. You said it was like ninety minutes. Well, hour and a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I just not comedy for me. Look, something something dark and nasty is what I want I want something that I can get my teeth into like succession right well we'll see you next time bye bye